All right, so it's been roughly 24 hours, plus, minus, whatever. And since, you know, Troy fell and the fans have been kind of picking through the rubble, looking for answers, maybe it's too soon with more questions still out there. So maybe we shouldn't be stacking up the bodies just yet. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you like to watch on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are free. I want to say thank you for coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, there's a red subscribe button right there with your name on it. Do me a favor and hit it. And to those of you who already have, thanks once again. It means a whole heck of a lot. You can always follow me at my Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C, Culkin, K-U-L-K-I-N. So, yeah, it, 24 hours later, it really happened. The Trojans took their victory and they chucked it in the dumpster. <clears throat> or as I said on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC, they cooged it. And as a reminder, for those of you, some of you might be new, cooging it is how you describe giving away a game with in a way that most people think is impossible to give away. Um, Wazoo, the Washington State Cougars, this is what they were famous for. Um, they have, throughout their history, have found ways to give games away that they, you look at the probability rate, they are, it's usually in that 98% percentile. Kind of like USC versus Tulane yesterday. Anyways, so Wazoo is known for cougan it. They're also known for their, you know, flag and logo showing up to each ESPN game day appearance. But you don't want to be associated with the term they cooped it. It's a bad thing. So, you know, first I want to, again, give credit to uh, Willie Fritz's team from Tulane. Uh, you know, they never stopped playing. And they showed, you know, what happens when you continue to believe and, you know, trust your coaching staff. Uh, and it shows what can happen when you believe in trust, especially when you're outmanned. And let's be honest, USC on paper has a better roster. <clears throat> Excuse me. So throughout the season, how many times do we hear USC players talk about trust and believing in the process? Yeah. How many times do we hear Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch say the same Damn thing. Look, we, it was a lot. It, it was, it, yeah, it's coach speak, but it's also something you have to, you, it, that's the type of coach speak that goes on. You either you, you believe in your coaching staff and you trust in the process or you don't. It's, you got to get in or get out, you know, poop or get off the pot. Here's the deal. You know, and this is what people need to remember. And it's, it's overlooked because most people, sometimes myself, you know, we, we see these young men, these kids, uh, as semi-pros, you know, playing football for the school that, you know, we love, attended. 
um, cheer for. Look, when you love something or something a whole bunch, uh, you say and do stupid things, and, and you and you can get personal about it, and because you want to make the other person, you know, feel the same emotion that you know that you're feeling or experiencing. So I, I get the uh, the lashing out and the venting, um, but remember, again, this is the reminder. Remember, these are guys in college. <laughs> Yeah, they're young adults, but still, um, you know, the brain can be easily manipulated, distracted. So sometimes you you hear what you want to hear, and you believe what you want to believe, and the truth might be staring you right in the face. Um, so again, there's so much going on for these young pe these young people who are not only playing football at USC for your enjoyment, but they're going to school. They're in the books. They got girlfriends. They got other things going on in their lives. Sometimes much more important than playing football. Let's let's also remember that they're human beings. They have families. Um, but when it comes to trusting the coaching staff, you know, let's let me use Darwin Barlow, perfect example. Do you think he trusts uh, or believes in in the staff? I mean. He was back home in Texas for the bowl game. And he and you ask yourself, you know, he can't get one series. You had all that extra practice time between the conference championship game and and the bowl game. And you can't give him one series, a couple of carries in front of his friends and family. I mean, seriously. So, you know, how do you ask a player to believe and, and trust you? when they can't even see the field in a meaningless bowl game. And I'm saying, I'm not saying that after the fact. If you've been following me over there on WeRSC where I write my stuff, and you've been watching or listening to me here on Locked On USC, uh, I haven't deviated. I consider the bowl games. And I'm, I'm someone who, get, who got pulled across the line for this one. I consider bowl games meaningless unless they are part of the playoff rotation. Um, what about, here's another player. What about Corey Foreman? I've seen him. I've actually watched him humble himself this year and he's trying to get better. He's dealt with some injuries, nagging, but he's played through it. So you give credit to that. Um, he also, he came in with a lot of hype and the pressure that comes along with that. Um, and I, look, I can make a case for his play last year. Um, but what about this year? You know, was there any appreciable development? UCLA game aside, you know, he's always going to have that <laughs> and be loved for that. Um, but where is his head? You know, does he trust the scheme? Is his, you know, is his, does he trust his own ability? Does he trust his position coach, Coach Manning? The defensive coordinator, obviously, Alex Grinch, head coach, Lincoln Riley. Um, that's going to be something to watch. Look, I have no information. I don't want anyone to think I'm holding something back here uh, that he would say no to any of those things. But you know, it's something to think about, right? You know, we're, we're we're kind of peeling back the layers here, diving a little bit deeper into you know what goes on in a in a college player's head, not just in one game, but throughout the season in their life. Look, on one hand, um, 
I, uh, I love that players are always competing for playing time. Love it. And the role and how their roles are, you know, won and lost weekly. So I give a lot of credit to this coaching staff for coming in and, and doing things completely different than the previous staff. On the other hand, are the coaches being 100% you know, real uh, when they say something multiple times, but then you know their actions don't really back it up? For instance, Rajon Davis. He was always being talked up by his peers, his teammates, as well as the coaches, but rarely used. He was on special teams coverage, by the way. He recovered that onside kick beautifully yesterday. Um, but he got into the game, and he actually, I'll say he had an impact because he he was tackling guys at the point of impact. Um, so when it comes to Rajon Davis, you know, is, is that on Lincoln? Is that on Grinch? Is that on his position coach, Brian Odom? Who knows? Uh, and look, there are plenty of other examples that I can list to, but, you know, I'm going to hold off on those for now for a variety of reasons. <clears throat> you can bet I'll, I'll bring them up at the appropriate time. Also, head on over to betonline.net. Uh, they are your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, I know you do, you can find those over there as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, I want to thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked on Sports today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Plus, instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked on Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, so Lincoln Riley. What's, uh, did you know that after his loss in the Cotton Bowl, um, that he is one in four in bowl games as a head coach? Ouch. And I think everyone would agree that the defense has mostly been the reason for the losses. Case in point, Cotton Bowl, USC, Tulane. Don't need to go any further than that. We won't go any further than that. So, should Lincoln continue dancing with the person he brought to the ball? Or should he start the breakout pro? You know, start the breakout process. We've all, I'm going to, look, I'm going to use the uh, little antidote. We've all experienced at least once in our lives the following scenario. Honey, it's not you. It's me. I need more from this relationship, and I can't ask you to do more than what you're capable of. That wouldn't be fair. At this point, you know, it's kind of like maybe that's, how Lincoln Riley needs to approach this with Alex Grinch. He's been with him long enough. He knows what he's capable of. So rhetorical question alert. Does Lincoln Riley need to make changes to the coaching staff? I know the answer. You know the answer. 
does Lincoln Riley want to accept what's necessary because like, he knows the answer and just do it? Well, we know breaking up is hard to do. Somebody should write a song with those with those words. Pretty sure it's already been done. Um, I'm not just and look. I'm just not referring to the freaking atrocious defense and tackling results that bubbled up to the surface in the Cotton Bowl. But it's really, it's been going on all season long. This is nothing new. Um, so let's focus on the player development. Touched on it a little bit in the previous segment. Um, and uh, this is another reason why I hate star ratings because you players come in highly rated, come in underrated, maybe not rated high enough. Um, or you know, it's it just because they're so subjective, it puts different types of, uh, I guess, expectations. I hate using that word on the players when they arrive, when should they be ready to contribute? Uh, look, I know some players are overrated, but but some aren't. And some start off great, uh, but then they plateau, and they just they don't get any better for whatever reason. And others are, you know, you have those two tech categories, and you have the Leonard Big Cat Williams. That it doesn't matter who's coaching them; they just have a unique talent, a unique skill set. And uh, as long as they have competent coaching. And you put that with somebody who does everything the right way on and off the field from working out, nutrition, going to class. You end up with a Leonard Williams, who is one of the best in the NFL. Um, everybody knows that Lincoln Riley, he, look, he's an offensive guy. And defenses aren't known for greatness so far during his young coaching career as a head coach. Um, and recruits and some high school coaching staffs, uh, they're taking notice too. Um, if you're one of those guys who follows recruiting, I know you are. Recruiting is really big. Uh, it's, this, it's the lifeblood of a college program, or used to be, and it's, I think it's still going to be for the most part. The transfer portal, we'll see... Uh, which infusion is more important. But uh, let's talk about a player like Peyton Woodward, uh, the safety at Bosco, five-star. Uh, he's now trending towards University of Texas. And you're thinking, why? Why would you go to Steve Sarkeesian and the mess, well, the program he's trying to build um, compared to USC and what's in your backyard? You know, Sark is also an offensive guy, but I think defensively they probably looked and played better. So I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. I got some sources I can turn to. Um, another player, recruiting-wise, Deuce Robinson, five-star tight end. Um, he's starting to look like a lock for Georgia. We know Georgia knows how to use their tight ends, blocking and in the passing game. Riley's offense uh, used the tight end for blocking at USC. But not in the route, not in the running routes. And on an occasion, you would see you know, the guy out there, but uh, when he was at Oklahoma, tight end was a major part of the offense. 
not so much at USC. So, again, is that a personnel thing? Or did he, were the Titans needed to help uh, with run, run blocking and pass protection? When, when you start to lose the confidence from high school coaching staffs, look, you have an uphill battle, period. <laughs> um, sometimes, regardless of, of who the coach is at a certain school, um, they're going to encourage, regardless of whoever the head coach is at USC, certain high schools are just going to encourage uh, their players to look elsewhere. They've got, for whatever reason, they might hold a grudge uh, maybe they went to UCLA, the coaching staff at a high school, or they coached or rooted for another team that USC used to embarrass on on frequent, you know, on a daily occasion, annually. Um, let me put it to you this way. You connect the dots. That's probably going to do it for you here. Why is modern day considered such a pro-USC school? And in the recruiting circles, Many consider St. John Bosco, well, let's just say um, less so than modern day. USC has had some su recruiting success from uh, getting kids from Bosco, but they've had a lot more success uh, getting kids from modern day. Um, so, and, and let me, I guess, put that into, into, into context. Like I said, you have guys who have come from both both schools and come through USC. Do me a favor. Name the last player from Bosco who's made an impact at USC. Now do modern day. Exactly. Names start exploding off your lips immediately when you start talking modern day in USC. It's not so easy when you talk about USC and Bosco's relationship. That's uh, but then again, when you well, it maybe that's just not a USC thing. Let's just leave that there. I got a lot of respect for that program over there. I mean, they just won another state championship. They're doing something right with uh, Coach Jason Negro. Um, so again, getting back to it's it's about the trust. Um, it's about believing. We, we talked about what's going on at USC. We started delving into a little bit what's going on behind the scenes at the high school level with certain recruits, uh, talking about certain local programs. Um, is that having, is the way USC developing players on the defense, is that having an impact with recruiting? Is it having an impact through the transfer portal? And will that, would it improve if uh, high school players, players who are in college who are considering coming to USC, uh, if they saw uh, changes made on the defensive side of the ball. And then, you know, there's the special teams. Um, well, we'll say that for another day. We can go on. I think everybody knows uh, Lincoln Riley likes to keep his coaching staff um, balanced a certain way where his position coaches don't just coach those positions. They're also involved with special teams, responsibilities. 
Uh, that's the way he's been doing it. Again, change is neither good or bad. It's what you do with it. That's uh, something to think about, right? Change when when you make a change in your life, it, it's not it's not necessarily good or bad. It's how you handle it. It's what you do with it. Sometimes changes need to be made. It might be painful at first, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Okay. So if you were hoping to hear that Tuli 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 Tuiapolotu was going to stick around for another year, it's not happening. Yeah. On Tuesday, he, uh, Mr. Tui Tuiapolotu, he announced that uh, he's heading to the NFL, which means USC's best defensive player is heading to the NFL. It's hard to blame him. I mean, he's done everything you can possibly do for, from a personal standpoint. All-American, consensus All-American. Um Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He's done everything except, obviously, win a team championship at USC. That doesn't mean he's not a winner. He was also part of the uh, transformation of going from 4-8 and to 11-3. and And that's something he can be incredibly proud of. And his fans should be proud of as well. Just saying. Um. Look, it's no need to wonder why he's leaving. Uh, look, even though the, the NIL money I know would have been nice, um, was hearing some rumors, some speculation, what was being thrown around out there. Um, so we also know that he's not showing up on any of the first-round mock drafts, draft boards. Uh, but again, I, I think the sooner he gets to the NFL, the sooner he proves what he's capable of at that level, the sooner he gets into that second contract where you make the big money. So, um, again, there's no reason for him to stay. And I'm sure part of his decision-making when he was weighing everything was, you know, does the defensive scheme currently in place at USC, is it does it best suit um his abilities, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, we, we saw we saw Thule being used in multiple um, multiple ways, dropping back into pass coverage, rushing the passer from the rush end, playing inside. Very talented player. So you know, you you weigh all that. And you say, well, does Thule need to go through that again? Uh, plus, you ha- there's the risk of injury, and th- Go back and watch this last game. He's constantly being held at the line of scrimmage. That can be really frustrating. I mean, trust me, there was at least four times he was tackled from reaching the, the two-lane quarterback. That's just what I counted. And I couldn't watch every single time. And that's not whining or crying. That's just go watch the film. It's there for you to see. If you want to be completely objective about it, that's not whining or crying after the fact. Like I said, Tulane earned that win. They didn't quit. They kept believing and trusting in their coaching staff and who they are and to just keep doing what they do. And they talked about it before the game. There's yards 
to get against USC. USC's tackling was on film for everybody to see. So as much as it, it pains me to have to say it, because I talk to these guys all the time. I got to look them in the face, but they recognize it as well. They know that that comes with playing Division I football at USC. Okay. Who remembers Dan Hawkins from Colorado? Says an intramurals, brother. It's Division I football. You don't get a vacation. That's right. When you come play football at USC, you have to dedicate part of your day out of 365 days. So, um, again, back to Tuli. He was getting held a lot. And who wants to deal with that? So now gone from the defensive line that played in 2022, you've got Tuli. We know Nick Figueroa is done with his playing career. Brandon Peely ex uh, expired all of his playing time. Kobe Pepe is in the transfer portal, as well as Colin Mobley. Um, so who's coming back? Let's take a look. Tyrone Tulaney. Okay. Positive addition that USA had through the transfer portal uh, heading into spring of 2022. He's an older guy, married, family. So um, the maturity level was there, and Sean Newell was able to uh, – you know, they saw something in him at Kansas State, and they brought him over, and look what happened. He developed throughout the season, and he was uh, on the field quite a bit, and he made an impact. Uh, Stanley um, Taufo, he's coming back. He didn't come to USC uh, to play nose tackle, but he's playing, you know, he's raised his game. He's playing up. And also... Remember, he did pick off that two-point conversion attempt in the uh, end zone in the Cotton Bowl, so unfortunately uh, didn't matter. But Stanley is a guy who just keeps working, keeps plugging along. Team guy. You want players like that in your locker room and on that practice field and on the field. Uh, They're, again, uh, he's just someone that he's gonna. you know what you're going to get from Stanley. Uh, Solo, Solomon Tuliapupu. I hope he's coming back. I think he's going to come back. I really want him to come back. It would be great. Uh, you also have Solomon Bird, uh, Jamar Sakona, uh, Dejon Benton, and Earl Barquette. Didn't see a whole lot of Earl play for USC in 2022. He came over from TCU. I wonder what he's thinking right now. Um, and then you got some rookies coming in, uh, the freshman. Uh, from the 2023 recruiting class, Braylon Shelby, David Peavy, Sam Green, uh, Dejan Lafitte, and Elijah Hughes. Out of that group, who's going to make an impact uh, this year? Are going to be relied upon. And so far through the transfer portal, you've got Kion Bars uh, coming over from Arizona. So here's the question. Give me your feedback. How's your confidence level uh, looking ahead to 2023 with those names, with that person, that roster that I just uh, just went through with you? Do they need to go find an impact or two players to play up front? Again, I think uh, we know the answer, um, but you tell me, what do you think? All right, so there you go. 
Once again, uh, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked on Sports today. They're over there. Get some instant reactions. They're over there on Locked on Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. And then when you're done listening or watching on me on YouTube, you know you're going to head on over to WeRSC.com because there is a lot, and I mean a lot of really good content that we put up for you following the game. Eric McKinney, Chris Arledge, he went in, uh, how they say, they went in, he went in raw uh, on on the on USC and the defense, but he was very fair and balanced about it. You need to go check out his defensive musings. And then we've got our Inside the Trojan Tunnel that's up as well. So until another episode of Locked on USC, everyone, you know what to do, right?